Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, this has been a very emotional week, and many of you uh, are in the middle of probably some incredible times. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We've witnessed the needless death of George Floyd. And then on top of that, the needless destruction of so many great cities in America mainly. Uh, It's really rocked my world. Uh, Emotionally, I've been up and down, as many of you probably have as well. Uh, I'd be lying to you if I said that I am not feeling this. I definitely uh, feel the, the strain of uh, of emotion and the, and the roller coaster of it all. Tonight, I want to talk to you about something that I believe that we can hold on to, and mainly that is as believers in Christ, as followers of Jesus Christ, how shall we respond when we're mistreated, persecuted, uh, on the bad end of, of racism and other things? How shall we respond? I know my life is not your life. I don't compare my situation with your situation, and I think that's a needless thing for any of us to compare. Uh, It's not about that. It's about what does God say that we are to do when persecution hits. I think about how did people survive through persecution and being mistreated all through history, whether it was Noah or whether it was Daniel through Babylon or the Exodus and all those people that that walked out of slavery uh, uh, and under slavery in Egypt, or whether it was the early church and and the children of Israel even in in the time of the Romans. And, And I come to this conclusion, they remembered who they are. I think during these times, if there's anything I could say to you, remember who you are that you are reconciled to God, you have a mission, and it's not to stand up for your own right, it's the right to give up your rights that causes you to exercise the highest right that you have. You are an ambassador for Christ. I know I was born in America, I've got an accent, but my primary, I am not an ambassador for America, I am an ambassador for Jesus Christ, for the kingdom of God. That's who I represent. They remembered who it was that they represented. They remembered who they are. That's what brought them through all of that. And I I really believe during this time that we need to get a wake-up call here as believers, that God's church, God's body, that uh, those that follow Jesus Christ need to wake up and realize, who are you? You are an ambassador for Christ. You are a believer. Your life is gone. In fact, he goes on and says, you know, elsewhere that it's, it's, it's no longer you that live, but Christ who lives in you. The, the dead is gone. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. So how shall believers live in a world full of mistreatment? Remember who you are. Just because you're not mistreated, however, doesn't mean that you're called to be indifferent. Now, we are either pretty well on one side or the other. We are either mistreating somebody else or we are being mistreated. But God has not called us to be indifferent. It was the the parable of the Good Samaritan that, you know, he asked, who is my neighbor? Who is the person that, uh, you know, the person that fell among thieves and was was beaten? Uh, 
Who helped him? It was the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan was Jesus. The neighbor was Jesus. Now, we are his representatives. We are his body on the earth, which means we can't be indifferent and call ourselves Christ followers. We have to stand up for those that are mistreated. We have to stand up. We have to be a voice for the, uh, for the uh, unjust people that, uh, that, that are getting an unjust reward in society. We have to stand up for the underdog. We have to stand up for the weak. We have to be a voice. We cannot be indifferent. And, and I believe that, you know, if you're indifferent and you don't speak up about, certainly about racism and all the other stuff, then you're just as guilty. You've got to stand up and say something. And uh, the body of Christ needs to be the good Samaritan. Now, there are a lot of reasons, none of these are valid, however, uh, to hold on to. There are a lot of reasons on why someone mistreats someone else. I'll just give you a few. Uh, but again, none of these hold any weight if you're going to carry on with it. Uh, you know, one is that people grow up in a racist family or they grow up in a community that mistreats other people. That can happen. It's kind of like a herd mentality. Everybody's doing it. And, and certainly, like World War II, when the Nazis came into power. People got caught up in that. They started persecuting Jewish people and, and they didn't realize that what they were doing was just getting caught up in a, and even the church probably got caught up in that, in, a, in this herd mentality. Or uh, separation from other races and culture. In other words, you're, you're isolated, you're separated, you're in your own race, you stick with your own culture, your own people, no matter what color that you are, and you don't see the other races and the other cultures and people that they don't fit into your community. Another is lack of education. People just aren't educated. Uh, harm done by someone that's different than them. So you get hurt, so hurt, hurting people hurt other people. And instead of like getting healed and following Jesus and letting him pour oil, uh, the Holy Spirit into your wound, you start to lash out and, and hurt other people. Uh, another one is just fear of what we don't know. We fear who we don't know. And a lot of times that uh, gives us somewhat of an excuse. None of these excuses, and, and valid reasons, some of them, none of them are acceptable, however, for a believer. None of them. We are all called to be ambassadors for Christ. So how, how is it then that we are going to get out of if we're mistreated? How are we going to get out of that? And if we're certainly the person that is mistreating other people, all, all I can say is repent. Read the Bible and repent. Get your eyes lined up with him. Get your heart right with God, whichever end that you're on. But how do we get out of it? And uh, I was like driving once, not that long ago, and got lost. And I, I'll never forget because I had sat-nav turned on. It was so refreshing. And I, and I thought to myself, I remember a time when we used to have maps, big paper maps, and you probably, probably, if you're older, you'd remember that time. Before Siri, before SatNav, you actually had to take out a map, pull over on the, other, on, the, on the side of the road, look at the map, try to figure out what street you're on and how you can get out of it if you're lost. And I was so relieved because I took a few wrong turns to hear the voice of Siri on my SatNav, and, and she said this, rerouting. And, and, and I took a couple wrong turns, in fact, and it was like, 
rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. And it was so good that no matter how many bad turns that I took, Siri still gave me a way out. The Holy Spirit, the surety, your, your security for your salvation has always given you a way to reroute your life. If you've made mistakes and if you're lost, and if you've, even if you're being mistreated, he'll show you a route out of it. And the route out of it is what I really want to talk about tonight. I just want to give you a few ways that I've realized in my own life from the Word of God, not just from experience, and how God directs and reroutes us when we're mistreated or when we stumble into mistreating other people, which sometimes it does happen. Like I said, we get caught up in a herd mentality with our gang and you know our color or our club or our nationality or whatever. We justify these things. You've got to get rerouted. You've got to let uh, the Holy Spirit lead you and reroute you out of that. So I've entitled uh, tonight's message, Rerouting to Reconciliation. First thing, I, I believe that the, the, one of the greatest reroutes that we need to take is to reroute our resolve. In Mark chapter 20, Jesus calls uh, his disciples together, and they're arguing over who's going to sit at his right, who's going to sit at his left. They're arguing about that. And, and he says, you know, those who are regarded as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them, and their high officials exercise authority. Not so with you. Instead, and I love this, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. I believe that everybody that's a believer that's following Jesus should desire or have a resolve, and if you don't, reroute your resolve to be great in the kingdom of God. Not great and famous in yourself, but great in the kingdom of God. And if you want that, he says, here's how you can get that. You must become the servant of all. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give up his life a ransom for many. What do you do when you're mistreated? Reroute your destiny. Take on a servant's role. Humble yourself as he did. Exercise your highest right, which is your right to give up your rights. It's all through the Bible. You cannot read the Word of God without coming to the conclusion, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, and we all should be, that we really, the, the, the way to greatness is humility. It's not pride. It's not uh, lording over. That's what the Gentiles did, he said. It's, it's taking the route of humility. The, uh, uh, the other thing that needs to get rerouted is we need to reroute our anger. Uh, I like in, in Luke chapter 9, and you can, you can read it yourself, but uh, it came to pass that Jesus is trying to go to Jerusalem, and he has to go through Samaria. Samaria was a place where they did not like the Jews. The Jews didn't like them. They had some fights. They intermarried uh, with the Assyrians. The Samarit Samaritans did, the enemies of Israel. And so there's this bitter feud going on. And Jesus says to his entourage on his way to Jerusalem to go to the cross, he says, okay, plan a route. This is the way we're going to go. We're going to go through Samaria. His, his disciples get to Samaria, and they don't get received by the Samaritans because he's trying to go to Jerusalem. And they, they're bitter about this whole thing, and they get uh, 
They, they don't get received, they get rejected. Basically, they get kicked out. And, 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 and James and John, they say this. When they, when they meet up with Jesus, they say, should we call down fire upon these Samaritans? Let's destroy them. We could do this like Elijah did. And Jesus says this, he says, you don't know what spirit that you're of. The Son of Man did not come into the world to destroy, he came in to save. If we're following Jesus, and I trust that you either are or you will be, then destruction, calling down fire, getting vengeance and, and venom coming out and everything else in the wrong spirit, that is not an option for a believer. We are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is a representative, the highest ranking uh, delegate from one nation to another. Your home, and he goes through great lengths, we read that, is heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I, an ambassador for Christ, I am a highest ranking diplomat of the highest order representing the kingdom of heaven here on earth. I am passing through, thank God, this earth suit that I've got, this body, no matter what color it is, it is going, it is not my home. I am an ambassador from heaven. Therefore, I need to pull my shoulders back and represent heaven really, really well. Represent love really, really well. Represent what it is to uh, forgive and model that in society. This world is going to hell and, and, and they're looking for answers. The government is never gonna give those answers. Institutions are never gonna do that. The only institution on the face of the planet to bring healing and to bring a resolve to any of this stuff is the body of Christ. Uh, and if you're a part of that, you got no option and nor should you even look for an option other than I am representing God on the earth, the highest kingdom, the highest king of kings. I am a representative of God Almighty. I am an ambassador for Christ. Therefore, my only resolve is to be great in the kingdom, humble myself, and bring reconciliation to, into every situation that I enter. That's with my speech, with my attitude, with all of my conduct. You have the incredible opportunity as an ambassador to do the highest work that you could possibly be called to, no matter what you do vocationally in the secular realm, to be a representative, an ambassador for Christ. That is incredible. And to do that, we need to reroute our anger and, and not command fire down on people, but reroute that thing. I... I I, I share this, but in Matthew 5, Jesus says this. He says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. They, they changed the, 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 the rules here. Love your, love your neighbor, hate your en en enemy. But listen to this, Matthew 5, 43 and 44. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecutes you? What do you do when you're mistreated? You pray for those who persecute you, and in fact, you've got to love them because they are your enemy. Love your enemy. You know, you're just as called to love your enemies as you are your neighbors. The same love who asks, who is my neighbor, must also ask, who is my enemy? The same love directed at your neighbor must also be directed 
at your enemy. You cannot love one without the other. We had a, a situation here many years ago where the businesses next to our building here took us to court to try to stop us from purchasing uh, the building that, that, that City Church is in right now. And it got pretty nasty, and we dropped a lot of money that we did not have, and it went to court, and, and we had to get the highest type of a lawyer, barrister. They got the highest type of a lawyer, fought it out. We won, but couldn't get reimbursed. I, you know, bitterness tried to enter into my heart over this whole situation, because I'd see these business people coming and going. And, and reading these scriptures, it was like, I cannot act as the world acts. I cannot try to get vengeance and they'll pay for this and they're gonna be sorry for the day they ever messed with me. And, and God said when it came time to purchase carpet and furniture and things for our church, he said, go over there and buy it from them and don't ask for a discount. Well, I went in there and the number one guy, the owner of, of the carpet store, he looked at me like, what are you doing here? And I said, I've come to buy carpet. He's like, well, I'll give you a really good deal. I said, no, no, whatever it is, whatever it costs. Then we were fitting out our kitchen and uh, there was a, a place that sold appliances. Uh, another one of the owners that tried to stop us from getting in here. And I mean, my mind was going, all that money, what a waste. We could have, you know, it was $100,000 or more in court. Back then it was a lot more money. And, and, and he said, go in there and buy all your white goods off of them, which I did. And same thing, the guy was quite shocked. And then we had our grand opening. He says, invite them all to the grand opening. And, you know, one of the guys that, the guy that sold the carpet, he retired just recently. And nobody else in the complex did any. I said, hey, let's, let's get, his name's Keith. Let's get Keith a present. Nobody else did. Nobody wanted to do anything. So I got a card and, 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 and put a nice expensive meal voucher in the card, wrote some nice things about him. Well, I walked out there in our foyer, and this is only recently, and there he was writing me the most beautiful letter because nobody else did that. He was my enemy. I am not gonna be the enemy of my enemies, and neither should you. Love your neighbor and love your enemy. The same love directed at your neighbor, the person that's like you, uh, that you love, that's easy to get along with. You've gotta aim the same love towards your enemy as you do them. That is the key to freedom when you're being mistreated. And then uh, I believe another thing that we can do is reroute our relationships. You need to reroute your relationship when you're mistreated. We fear who we don't know. This is a really important thing. And I believe that the answer for the church during persecution, if you're being mistreated and you're on the bad end of it, the solution to that is to get to know people that are mistreating you. This is really, really hard. Gail and I, we uh, recently, well, over the last few years, we had Saudi guys staying with us that were military, and they're all devout Muslims. And they, they're, they're very scary when, when they came to, scary looking for us anyway, because we we're not used to that. And I remember when we went and picked up the first couple of guys to come and stay with us, uh, it was very intimidating. It got home, and then Gail, she was pleasant, but I could see she's just a little bit uptight. These guys are going to be staying in our house. And, and, you know, we've had visions of, you know, planes hitting buildings and all this kind of stuff. And, 
Uh, you know, it was really, really intimidating until we got to know them. Once we got to know them, it was amazing. And we've had probably a dozen of them staying with us over uh, quite a few years now. And they pray five times a day and they are devout to Islam and we're Christians and they saw us the same way. Like, you're kind of like, we don't, like, we don't know if we like you or not. We got to know them and you know what? We are best friends. They are like my sons. Honestly, I'm so proud of them. They're graduating and, and, and learning to do all kinds of things. And, and they write me the most beautiful uh, letters and things saying, we really miss living with you. We miss your dog, Enzo. We miss Gail's cooking. Uh, you know, my heart breaks. If, if you ever come to Saudi Arabia, make sure we're going to put it on for you. Like, we love you so much. And, and, and they see me like a dad to them. What was the difference? I got to know them. You don't, you, 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 who you don't know, you don't trust. And the best way to start to trust somebody and, and turn an enemy or perceived enemy into a friend, get to know them. Walk across rooms. Don't wait for them to come to you. Go to them. I really believe this is a key for the church across the world is to get out of the pew where we're worshiping and hanging out with everybody that's like us. We all look the same. We all talk the same. We all like the same food or whatever, whatever. Go across town and go to people that you're afraid of or maybe you think you know they're your enemy. Maybe it's just that they don't know you. They don't trust you because they don't know you and, and dissolve that thing. Get over there. Cook them a barbecue for goodness sakes. You know, show them some, some hospitality. Paint some walls. Serve, serve, serve. That's the solution. Be an ambassador for Christ. Remember who your enemy is. Ephesians 6, 12 says this. For, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of of. Uh, of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Your enemy is not the person with a different color tent than yours. Your enemy is the devil and the spiritual forces that are feeding information into their head and into your head and convincing you to kill each other. And if you think it in your heart, you've committed the murder. It's not something that an ambassador from heaven, from God, a follower of Jesus Christ, cannot afford that luxury. And the only option for us as a church and as believers is just get to know people and just start to love on people and start to, you know, don't be indifferent if you're not being mistreated. You can't be indifferent if you are being mistreated. You cannot become the, the, the victim or the enemy of your enemies. You've got to follow Jesus Christ all the way. I remember several years ago, and I was reading a, a Christian magazine, and I saw this article there, former leader of the Ku Klux Klan, uh, gets saved, becomes a Christian. And I, I was looking at that, and the Spirit of God really leapt inside of me and said, you're going to meet that guy. And he's done that twice now. He did that with a famous preacher's son, um, and then he did it when I was reading that. And I just knew, I'm going to get to know this guy. And I did. I don't know how it happened, but uh, somebody had said, hey, he's in Australia. Uh, would you have him? 
He's got a brilliant testimony. And, I, and, I, and I, I knew God was in it, so I said, sure. So he came and stayed at, at our house. And um, his name was Johnny Lee Clary. His testimony, well, it's really not his testimony. The testimony is really of the Reverend Wade Watts. And the Reverend Wade Watts was a black preacher in, in America who uh, was persecuted uh, by the Ku Klux Klan. He had marched with uh, Martin Luther King in, in Selma in Alabama, I think it is. And, and the Reverend Wade Watts was surrounded by the KKK and they burned, they wanted to burn crosses on, on his front lawn. They tried to burn his house down twice. Uh, they, they were gonna burn a 45 foot cross on the outskirts of town. He took him to court. He won the battle. The, the Klan hated the Reverend Wade Watts. And what happened, though, when he, he encountered the Grand Wizard, who, you know, was my friend that got saved, but before he got saved, when he encountered Johnny Lee, they, he was in a diner, and he was about to eat a chicken, and, 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 and Johnny Lee and the Klan, and, and Johnny being the Grand Wizard, he said to Wade Watts, as he surrounded him with Klansmen, he said, what you're about to do to that chicken, we're going to do to you. And so the Reverend Watts picked up the chicken on his plate and kissed it. And they all started, the Klansmen couldn't hold themselves and they started laughing. Uh, it's an amazing thing what happens when you refuse to hate people, when you, you refuse to let your enemy be your enemy. It's an amazing thing when you turn that thing around. Another time, Reverend Watts was uh, walking into a diner with another preacher and uh, the waitress said, we don't serve Negroes here. And, and Reverend Watts goes, well, that's okay because I don't really have an appetite to eat Negroes today. And, and he just refused to get upset, to let it get to him. He knew who he was fighting with, and it wasn't flesh and blood. Well, at the funeral for Reverend Watts, Johnny Lee got saved. Uh, finally and became a preacher and they became best friends. In fact, uh, Reverend Watts's nieces, uh, oh, grandkids they were, uh, Johnny became the godfather of Reverend Watts's uh, granddaughter, Tia. And it's an amazing thing to watch what reconciliation does and watch how the Spirit of God can disarm even the worst case person, even the most racist person on the planet. Johnny Lee stayed with us several times at our house. And, uh, you know, list, I've listened to that story about Reverend Wade Watts. And at Reverend Watts's funeral, Johnny got to do the funeral. And because the wish was unfulfilled, the, the promise of whatever you do to that chicken, we're going to do to you. And he kissed it. Because that was unfulfilled, Johnny uh, leaned down into the coffin and kissed Reverend Watts on the forehead, his dead body there, and fulfilled the promise that he'd made, whatever that you do to that chicken, we're gonna do to you. I wonder if all of us got our sights off of our perceived enemy and onto the real enemy. I wonder what would happen if we decided to radically follow what Jesus says that we're supposed to do instead of making enemies our enemy, 
refusing to let an enemy be our enemy and loving our enemy and walking in the Spirit of God and walking as ambassadors of the highest kingdom and the highest order and pulling our shoulders back and walking upright before God and walking in love towards people and serving our way to greatness. I wonder what this world would be if we walked into perceived enemies and people that have done us wrong and if they wanted us to carry it one mile, we carry it two. I wonder what this world would be if we really lived as the body of Christ in this world. I wonder what a difference the body of Christ could make that governments will never make, that politicians will never make, that setting policies in place aren't really gonna make. I wonder what the body of Christ would look like if we became the light in a dark world and became the salt in this world and we became, instead of victims in this world, when we're mistreated, if we rise up and be like Jesus in this world, and if we look after our neighbor, I wonder what this world would be like if we just started doing the stuff that we preach about and sing about. I just wonder, I think that maybe Jesus Christ in our lives should make a difference and could make a difference. Well, let me pray for you tonight. Uh, this is uh, a message that's been on my heart and uh Again, I really, I, I know that many of you are in, in uh, bad situations. It's, you need the help of God to walk this out. I, I don't discount that at all. And I really want to pray for you tonight that you would be set free from, from bitterness, from uh, disappointment, from even the emotional stuff that's hit my heart, that we can walk out of that, step out of that, and we can step into freedom to minister and to be ministers or agents of reconciliation in this world. Father, I just thank you right now for everybody that's listening or watching. I thank you no matter what the situation and no matter how badly that we've been mistreated for so long. I thank you, Lord, Minister as only you can into the hearts of people tonight. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you would carry this message of reconciliation into living rooms, into places Sunday morning coming up. Uh, everywhere that we go, Father, I thank you. Let your spirit uh, invade with love into every situation and show us your way. Show us the way that we should go not the way that we would go. Reroute our plans, reroute our attitude, reroute our heart. And for those that don't know you, uh, simple prayer, but if you would like to pray this after me and say this, say, dear God, I thank you for sending your son. Jesus, I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer, if there's anything at all that we can do to help you, help us help you, and uh, send us an email, respond to our uh, the site that's coming up right now. Go get our app and help uh, us help you by taking advantage of all the things. They're all free, so make sure that you be in touch with us. Thank you so much for being with us, and I thank you that God is with you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.